You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. The Interactive Customer Experience Association's mission is to connect B2C brands to technology that elevates the customer experience. Brands have access to resources, project help, news, and insights based around boosting their customer experience. Suppliers gain network opportunities to reach these brands and help them provide solutions to elevate their customer experience. Join today at ICXA.org. When the government shut down, they were there with food for workers. When the pandemic gave a one-two punch to healthcare workers, they were there with food. And when the nation reacted to the horrifying death of George Floyd in police custody, they were there with paid time off for workers who wanted to join the protest. We speak, of course, of what has got to be one of the most socially connected and never afraid to use their voice pizza brands on the planet, MDC-based and pizza. And today, the brand's president and COO, Andy Hooper, joins the podcast to tell us how the brand is fair in this unprecedented year of societal and business change, and also why it's so important for this pizza brand to speak out in the public square. I'm your host, USR Web Editor, Shelley Whitehead, and welcome to all our listeners, as well as you, Andy Hooper, for joining the show today. Thank you, Shelley. I appreciate the chance to be here. It's good to connect again. It is good. And, you know, how in the heck are you and the whole Ann Pizza Tribe doing these days? Can you kind of give us a, well, state of the system address for Ann Pizza at the moment? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So, you know, Ann Pizza has always been, uh, as you noted, Shelley, since our inception in 2012, a purpose-driven, culturally relevant brand dedicated to lifting up the communities that we serve. Uh, Today, we have 40 locations uh, spanning from uh, Northern Virginia all the way up the East Coast through Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York, and up to Boston, and have close to 600 tribe members currently um, on staff as uh, members of the Ant Pizza tribe. Um, You know, looking at kind of the state of the state right now, um, we feel like we may be one of the few restaurants that comes out even healthier uh, when operations return to some sort of normalcy uh, than we were going in. We focused operationally on creating a flexible footprint, targeting new adjacent markets and fortressing our existing base. Got a young socially conscious and active uh, target demographic in Gen Z. And that flexibility has historically been a strength for us on the business side. And if anything, coming out the other side of this, I think we see our plans for growth and expansion accelerating um, versus hitting pause. Um, When the pandemic hit uh, and sort of got to its most acute impact on the restaurant sector back in mid-March, Uh, Our digital sales on our native platform were up 50% year over year. Today, they are up 500% year over year. And that gives us a high sense of confidence that what we are doing both in shop and in our community is resonating with our customers. 
that is uh, eye-opening to hear you say 500%. That's, uh, I mean, are you a little taken aback by that? Yeah, I mean, I think the good news is the business has had the foresight and the team at Ant Pizza has been building for a brand with decades-long relevance, not a three- to five-year private equity exit. And when you take that horizon, you know, that long-term view, what it does is it helps you prioritize things a bit differently. We invested meaningful capital dollars early on in our growth on building out our native digital ecosystem. And that doesn't necessarily on its face make a ton of sense for small growth restaurant concepts when there are so many viable and highly supported white label solutions out there for people uh, in technology. But Ant Pizza has always believed that it had an opportunity to foster and lead a movement that went well beyond that. And to do that, we had to have direct relationships with all of the people that interacted with the brand. The best way to do that, and you know this, Shelly, because we've talked about this before, has been our text messaging platform that really creates these intimate one-to-one communication patterns between guests, community members, tribe members in the company. And it turns out that that's a huge advantage when you eliminate dining rooms from restaurants and you have this direct line of communication to people in a world where overnight the business has been flipped to digital and carry out only. Um, I think for us, uh, we're fortunate to be part of the pizza category, which of course has enjoyed decades of habits of people consuming that off premise. But going into the pandemic, our dine-in business was 70% of our sales. So that's the piece that makes that 500% year over year increase seem um, sort of most shocking is that it, you know, we, we had to increase meaningfully off of a part of our business that before was, was big, but we, we still generated a lot of business in the pizza shop. And now as a digital only pizza shop, as we slowly begin to reopen, you know, it's a tremendous advantage for us, both in communicating to our guests about selling pizza, but also in communicating to them about what we're doing in the community. So I, I have a question for you. I mean, we're, we're like full three full months in after the pandemic really hit the U.S. So I'm wondering, what has this all, I, I mean, what would you say are the changes, the primary changes, uh, obviously digital, um, but how has this changed what Ant Pizza is? Yeah, I would say that what it has done is it has it has accelerated many of the things that were already part of Ant Pizza's roadmap, whether that was technology or culinary innovation or brand positioning. It's given us permission to go faster. I think you know when you're when you're in your own business most of that change tends to be incremental. You move from say 70% of your visits being in shop to 65 and to 60. And that change happens, but it happens over years or even decades for some brands. And the pandemic has really highlighted an opportunity for brands to take stock 
us included, of the investments that perhaps we were thinking about making sequentially and really challenge us to make them concurrently because of the kind of value that that could unlock. So this has accelerated our plans for expansion, not, not tamped them down. I mean, we look at what we think is going to be a material shakeout in commercial real estate coming up and think that there's a huge opportunity for us to actually go faster to fortress markets more deeply, to reach more customers, reduce delivery time and increase product quality. And that this actually presents a unique opportunity for growth-minded brands that have the right structural underpinnings to leverage that for rapid growth and expansion. And so, you know, as a brand, I think it has validated many of the core tenants of the brand and also uh, encouraged us to move faster, to think about hiring people sooner, to think about growing more quickly than we had originally anticipated. You know, when you mentioned this real estate market opportunity, I wanted to, um, if I could, do a status check on the brand's expansion through mobile trucks. I think that the last time when uh, Michael Astoria was here, uh, we talked about that a little bit, but Zoom has had some issues. So they, they supplied the vehicles. They, can you tell us a little bit about that and how that's going to jibe with your uh, fixed location? stores. Sure. As you grow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mobile kitchens remain an important growth lever for the brand, but we also see a shakeout coming in that commercial real estate market, as I mentioned. I mean, I think it's going to likely open up more locations for small format and delivery and carry out only units that might actually provide greater return on invested capital than mobile kitchens do. Uh, the mobile kitchens will continue to be a part of our strategy. We have a half dozen of them on the road today. Uh, during the pandemic, we've actually been able to use them to directly support our Hero Pies initiative, where you know much easier to move a mobile kitchen onto the property of a hospital than build a pizza shop at the hospital, <laughs> for example. Um, the good news is that those mobile kitchens now, all of them have technology that is all and pizza. So while Zoom was a great partner to us, they were essentially just the manufacturer and the fleet administrator. And we brought in additional expertise in-house to help support our growth ambitions. Ah, so, okay. So you've got that in-house. Um, well, that's kind of nice. Um, and I wonder, you know, kind of if I give thought to, to what this brand is, it kind of seems like brick and mortar locations are very important to have something in the community that people can go to. Is, is that the case? Yeah, I think that um, certainly opportunities for people to see the brand made manifest in their community will always be central to the brand. I think that we've always looked at mobile kitchens or perhaps even in the future here, smaller format Delco units as accretive to the overall offering, but not central to it. You know, it's, I think the key here is one of those other trends that's clearly going to emerge on the other side of COVID-19 is the, the need for each brand experience to feel primary. In February of this year, many brands that were doing delivery or curbside or order ahead for pickup 
treated those as secondary and tertiary brand experiences. And you could see it in the way that the product held or didn't in the way that things were packaged or marketed. And I think in this new world, they're going to need to feel as though each of those are primary experiences with the brand. So we see an opportunity to make that primary experience in physical space as an important part of the brand. Not the only one, but certainly one that is, that's primary for defining it and reinforcing it for communities and for our guests. Interesting. So uh, it seems to me, at least, like all brands are increasingly moving toward community activism to some extent today, just because the generations, the younger generations, um, younger than me, um, are demanding it. Uh, even though I think maybe my generation as well, and I'm a boomer, I'll just go right ahead and, and admit to that. We also, it was important to us, but um, sometimes that type of community activism has negative repercussions, you know, for whatever reason. So does the leadership at Ann Pizza consider possible negative consequences when a brand makes a stance? Say, for instance, when you said you're gonna get PTO for activism participation recently. Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately, on the journey of truly living tribe first, which we, which we intend to do, for us, it's always been most important to use the strength of our brand and our platform to support our tribe. Uh, so we typically look to them first for inspiration and a gut check on whether what we're doing is going to be right. Uh, in the spring of 2018, for example, like we, we surveyed our tribe that spring on a whole host of social issues that were important to them. At that time, uh, one of the most commonly universal causes was LGBTQ rights. And so they wanted to see us put our money where our mouth was in support of that, in support of many of our tribe members who are and who are allies to that community. And we partnered with the Trevor Project that summer and coordinated tribe participation in pride marches in DC, in Philadelphia, in New York, gave donations, got involved. We gave PTO to allow them to participate without having to choose between working and attending marches. In the fall of that year, uh, we also gave several of our tribe members paid time off to participate in election day. Uh, and so Michael and I had always kind of been talking about ways in which we could expand that activism PTO into something more systematic. And so, you know, in the events of the last couple of weeks, felt like we could not wait any longer. This was right. The tribe had asked for it. And we launched our activism PTO policy to help support our tribe be able to use their voices and certainly use the brand's platform and voice to advance a cause that is important to our company. How um, related to this, how have the incidents in the black community changed and pizza if they have? And I uh, guess the path forward as a business and a community player. Well, and pizza has been, I mean, it, it grew up, on H Street Northeast in DC. Uh, it is a DC brand. 
the majority of our tribe are people of color. The majority of our shop leaders are people of color. Within that, the majority of those people of color are black. I think every business has a moral and fiduciary responsibility to foster true diversity, true inclusivity, and true equality in the workplace. Uh, you know, as a brand whose symbol and, and core values are rooted in that, in the ampersand stands for inclusivity and connectedness and unity, it has always been since Michael founded the company in 2012 and will always be central to our role as a business and as a community player. Like if anything, what changes for us right now is that we see a greater opportunity than ever before in the company's short history to encourage and inspire others to join us in real action. Uh, real action for different companies and organizations might mean different things. One of the ways in which that's manifest for Ant Pizza is through this activism PTO policy. You know, we know that restaurant workers make up 10% of America's workforce. That's why we can see in the unemployment numbers with restaurants being hit so hard that such a disproportionately high amount of those uh, employees come from the restaurant sector. And so anything we can do that removes barriers for that group of, of individuals to be able to participate in the social change that they want to see happen is something that's very much within our control or influence. And, you know, we found that our tribe and even honestly, most of the community saw that as, as a great opportunity for a brand to use their strength to amplify the voices of their employee base. If uh, an employee wanted to um, be active in something that maybe perhaps the brand itself doesn't get behind, which is unlikely since you're likely to attract people who kind of are on board with your way of thinking, but what, how would, how would you, how would you handle that? It's a great question, Shelly. I think the short answer is we don't specify the way in which our tribe can use their activism PTO. And the analogy we used internally when fielding this question and just thinking through how we would approach it is it's really no different than right now when somebody applies for paid time off for another, for another reason. When somebody looks for paid time off to go on vacation, for example, we don't ask them to prove where they're going and what they're going to do and whether we approve of their trip to, you know, to China or to Tennessee, like we're, that's their job. Like they, they get to decide that what we're doing is we are removing the need for a tribe member to choose between taking paid time off for leisure and taking paid time off for activism. We're adding that as an option for them so that they don't feel like they have to trade their vacation or their sick time to use their voice for social justice. All right. So switching tracks just a little bit here, finally, as to ask, um, you know, you and CEO Michael Astoria have, however, always said that 
what you do as a brand is about business. So how do all these actions outside of the production and service of pizza and hospitality support a business going forward? I think there's always been a very clear link between purpose-driven brands and their outperformance on overall financial results versus those that don't take action. Uh, we see that trend accelerating. It's the next generation of activists, particularly Gen Z, is meeting this world that needs real change in a number of areas. They need truly inclusive policies and actions, uh, forcing hard discussions on climate change, on racial inequality. I think that generally having a point of view is critical for being able to advance the business. Um, it, and so, you know, my point of view is that much like Michael has said, this is about business, but it's, but it's about working your way from your employees to the bank rather than starting at the bank and working your way back through your employees to the customer, like many businesses do. Andy, it's been a great discussion with you, as always, uh, around this fascinating brand, and I appreciate your being here today and being so frank. Andy Hooper is of the Washington, D.C.-based pizza brand and pizza. And that will do it for today's podcast. We certainly hope you're taking away some usable information and that you'll have a great rest of the day and week. Until next time, take care.